Welcome to It's All Right to Be Dwight with me, Dwight Schultz, exclusively on Hearts of Oak. For more episodes, go to heartsofoak.org at heartsofoak.podbean.com. Joe Biden has come forward to announce that we are facing a hostage crisis. And a lot of people are saying it on the news. Joe Biden is facing a hostage crisis. But they mistakenly refer to the poor Americans who have been caught by the savages in Israel. The biggest hostage crisis are the 350 million Americans in the United States who are hostage to this sausage on a stick stuck at the podium. That's that's the great hostage crisis because he's not making any decisions. And we know who is, but nobody has the courage to say it is Barack Obama. We are all hostages. And until we are free... This country is in danger of falling into an abyss. Well, I think we now have proof that the world totalitarians, whether they be Marxists or um, supposedly religious totalitarians, They are all of the same blood, and that is that blood is the most important thing that is shed. It's the basis of everything in their lives, and it doesn't matter. They're looking for an event, and the event actually doesn't have to do anything with anything. It just has to be an event that they can monopolize, and then instantly— their myrmidons, their their, uh, emissaries of hate all around the world will immediately congregate, burn, protest, kill. They're just infused with hatred instantly, and they only need a tap on the back, a whistle, a phone call, and they're out there in the streets. Supposedly a hospital in Gaza was bombed by the Israelis and 500 people died. The bodies were never seen. It ends up being a parking lot, and the crater appeared to be about two feet wide from a missile that didn't quite make it and fell to the ground and burned a lot of cars. But apparently now, it it doesn't matter that that didn't happen, just as George Floyd didn't matter. He was a petty criminal who once did put a gun to the belly of a pregnant woman. Who knows if he would have, things had gone south, he would have killed two people. But he, he was involved with a drug overdose. He was dying of a drug overdose, but they blamed the police so that black Lives matter could instill hatred and fear and destruction 
under the tutelage of Barack Hussein Obama, of course, and around the world collect $90 million and use it to buy themselves a good time. So we're looking at George Floyd 2.0. Nothing that was supposed to have happened happened, but the Israelis could be blamed, and all around the world, leftists come out. <laughs> the Antifas of the world, the Black Lives Matters of the world, come out and hate Jews. And Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama came out and said, we have to stand with Israel. This is a man who never stood with Israel. Every compatriot of his was a Jew hater, openly, and he schmoozed with Jew hatred. He was feeding the Iranians pallets of cash. He had all of these, he ignored the Iranian revolution and was feeding the Iranians cash so that they could move on to confront Israel. His pastor in Chicago, Jeremiah Wright, was a renowned Jew hater. Good friends with Rashid Khalidi, kept from the American people by the LA Times and others. Oh, the media didn't want to interfere with a black man because racists would come out of the woodwork, just like the white racists today, that Christopher Ray says, it's the greatest threat to America, white racism, mm. white supremacy, mm. Catholics preying on corners, mm. 75-year-olds. We love to bring the gun. I'm a septuagenarian, by the way. They lo he loves to bring out the long guns against people my age because he knows he has a lot to fear from us. We're going to run very fast, and we are a threat. Yes, Christopher Ray, he just sees Americans as food. He can eat them all, 85 million Americans. Do you know how long it'll take? First you investigate, then you eat. He'll never have to talk about it, ever, because you never talk about something you're investigating. Investigations are going on, and I'm eating people, but I don't have to tell you. How do I look? How do you taste? His hair is quaffed that way. He talks in a slow... Oh, but now, suddenly, suddenly, he's saying, wait a minute, we, the greatest threat seems to be from the outside. Hmm. Surprise, surprise. I wonder if those burn marks on the inside of his thighs, if that's where he kept the Hunter Biden laptop on 24 hours a day so that only he could look at the pictures on it. We should have those burn marks checked. What a waste. What a waste. What it just incomprehensible lying. While the destruction of this country, the United States, continues. At any rate, George Floyd 2.0 has just happened. And the protests are going on. And we'll see where it leads. But it's being fomented, of course, by Barack's Iran and his, uh, his transformation of the Department of Justice into the Department of Social Justice that can arrest anybody for any reason. Today, we had somebody sentenced to six months in jail for telling a joke, a meme. I, I hope that that's overturned by somebody. But of course, 
This is the fault of John Roberts. Yes, John Roberts, head of one of the three branches of government, left the sanctum of the Supreme Court and slapped the head of the executive branch, Donald Trump, right in the face because Donald Trump had the audacity to tell the truth that there are Obama judges and that there are Clinton judges and there are Trump judges. No, he had to be slapped down and told by the great John Roberts, there are only judges. It sounded a little bit like Dick Nixon. There are only judges. What a lie. What a disgrace he is. He needs to come out and apologize to Donald Trump now that we see um, that the, now that we see that the judge, Tanya S. Chutkin, in the case that's now going on with Jack Smith in Washington, D.C., the playground of John Roberts, Supreme Court Justice. This judge who, prior to handing, being handed this case, which is really unbelievable that she was given the case because she had already said that Donald Trump should be in, ju- should be in jail. Uh, by the way, the comment that the Trump lawyers used to prove that Judge Chutkin was biased, and they, they said, oh, he's cherry-picking quotes. This quote, whether cherry-picked or not, is a clear indication of what she thinks. Blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. Do you... Blind loyalty, they're referring to the the sentencing of two individuals who supposedly were insurrectionists. And her comment, blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. What, What does that mean? The architects of that horrific event will likely never be charged, she said. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear. Dear, 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 horrific events. What horrific events occurred that day? Two Trump supporters were killed. No police. They lied about that. They had to lie about that. Just like they have to lie about George Floyd. She had let it now be le- she had let it be known that she was highly prejudiced against Donald Trump. However, in Judge John Roberts, Supreme Court Justice of the United States, in his world, oh, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing there. There are no, oh, there are no Obama judges, but this is an Obama judge, John Roberts. You're not a stupid man. You're not. When you did that, you were sending a signal to everybody in your playpen. If I'm slapping him, you can slap him. And all of the cousins up in New York, it's the same. There's no possibility in Washington, D.C., 98% Democratic. Every judge that has put their fingers in Washington, D.C. into anything that has to do with Donald Trump 
It's been a disgrace. And this proves you wrong. But of course, you don't care about that. You don't care that you made a mockery of justice. You don't care. You're the one I'm positive. Well, maybe, you, you know, I don't know for sure. But when the, new, when the Texas plea during the election was turned down, I think it was a sentence and a half, the word cognizable, there was no cognizable reason given to accept it. And anybody who understood that this was the only court that Texas could apply to, this is it. Understood that if other states, if other states could have changed against the Constitution of the United States, their voting laws, only the legislatures have the ability to change votes, voting procedures in a state. This is by the Constitution. But if governors and attorney generals and other individuals in a state can suddenly change the voting regulations and laws, then any state that doesn't, is in a, it's a liability. You change the laws, of course, to benefit whoever's in charge of the state, right? You can't have that. That's bedlam. That's chaos. However, Judge Roberts and his court, and of course, I, it had to be Roberts, two sentences, uh, I slapped him a while back. I'll just say it's not cognizable. You're not cognizable, Roberts. You stink. Come forward, apologize, and you can do the same thing. Do you know that, John? You can come forward and you can say, you don't like what you're seeing in your playpen. Tanya Chutkin should, should have been replaced by somebody who wasn't quite so biased you could have said it. You, you could say it now, John, and you could apologize to Donald Trump. Obviously, there are Obama judges or at least anti-Trump judges. And I'm one. You could even say that, John. You've made a mockery of the country. A mockery of it. And by the way, did you ever deny that that was you on the Jeffrey Epstein manifest? I don't think so. You're above it. You don't have to say, that's not me. I, uh, there's a John Roberts there, but that's not me. You didn't say it, I don't think. If you did, I apologize. Uh, while Donald Trump was in New Hampshire to give a speech, he finally said it, that, that Joe Biden is not the person making decisions. But Barack Hussein Obama is on his knees behind Biden, blowing hot air up his backside, and it's coming out of his mouth. And what's coming out of his mouth is the, the destruction of the United States, and that's what Barack Obama wants. But at least Donald Trump has said it. I've been waiting for somebody of some authority. I mean, I watch people on the news every night, the, on the talking heads and people are afraid to say, oh, who is making the decisions? Who's running this show? Well, everybody knows really who's running this show. 
And if Zelensky choosing or asking Maria Abramovic, I don't, Abramovic, I don't know that she took it to become ambassador of the Ukraine. If, if you know anything in your life, and I'm going to get back to this in my stream of consciousness. If you understand anything, you realize that the basic self, everything emanates from the basic self. If you are basically dishonest, out of you will come dishonesty. If you are basically honest, basically out of you will come honesty, not dishonesty. And when we're dealing with sex, you apply the same rules. We'll get into that. But pedophiles, if you have a lot of pedophiles as friends, let me say something about a pedophile. I, I shouldn't have to tell you this. I'm sure you've thought it. But now you have to think about it on a larger scale. Pedophiles look at children as objects to fulfill their lust or masturbatory ideas and fantasies. I want to feel good today. I think I like that little boy with the brown hair or the little girl. I, I like that. I can, I can overcome them. I can use them as objects, and I don't care what happens to them. I only care about my sexual pleasures, my narcissistic feelings. What happens when you have a president and a vice president of the United States who are pedophiles? Everything from that pedophilia emanates outward like honesty and dishonesty. It emanates outward. It is like a virus. It infects every decision. The majority of people do not live their lives like that, wanting to dominate and destroy for their own sexual pleasure. And I have a story that I think explains a great deal. It, it really struck me. It's, it struck me right between the eyes. Sometimes people do things, and, and I, I received an email from a good friend. And in the email, he said, you must read this blog. The blog, I, I opened the email, I, I went to the blog, and it, at the heading of the blog was the picture of a woman who had been tied up in so many extraordinary ways, and there were so many knots, and there was a, a, a gag. She was not blindfolded, but she was tied to some apparatus. And I said, oh, my God, why is he sending me this? Oh, I've just given it away. It was a guy, another guy, right? But why is he sending me this? And telling me to read before I'm, I judge, right? <laughs> I've already, in, I'm not interested in sadomasochism. And like a lot of people who are not, I, I, I have wondered about it. What the hell is going on with that? But anyway, so I start to read the blog, and the picture is of the woman who wrote the blog. She wanted you 
to see what it is that she craves and needs. And the gist of this particular blog was her anger at her master for not giving her the orders that she wanted for the day. She had to be told what to do on this particular day. And these orders are very bizarre, some of them. Go have sex with this particular person. It's a very revealing blog. And at the end of it, she tells how she made up with her master, how they had coffee, how they went out to a cafe, just the way any, I now I will say, normal. Actually, I mean people in the middle. This is what I learned. This is what I learned. And it's political. You see, the broad stretch of political thought goes from the extreme right to the extreme left. We always talk about right to left. Well, I don't know if the right and left is conservative and liberal. I don't know about that, really, in in terms of what I'm talking about. But somebody who needs to be told what to do first thing in the morning, and if they don't, they get angry because this blog was about her anger. She was seriously angry. But she needed to be told what to do. There are people who need to be tied up and told what to do. That's an extreme on one end. But then you move to the middle and to the other, all the way between needing to be tied up and told what to do, completely and totally, to just being told what to do, to not being told what to do about everything, but just certain things, to being told a little bit and then letting you do what you want. But if you go back all the way to the other extreme, they are, no, 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 they, they, they don't want to do anything until they're told. These are voters. And then you move to the other side, to the complete. I don't want anybody to tell me anything. I want to do everything I want to live. I want freedom to do every bloody thing I want to do. And if that means steal from you, that's what it means. That's not what we think of as conservative. But that's the other end of it. I can do anything that I want. I don't want anybody to tell me this is a free society, laissez-faire, keep your hands off me. I want a revolution in which every, and this is communism, folks, supposedly. That's not really what it is. No, it's much closer. It's, it's a much better fit for the person tied. But in pretense, it's everybody's equal. You can do anything you want. There are no rules. You don't get married. You don't have children. You take the children. You put them in this. The state runs them. You don't have the response. No responsibilities just to the state. And, and the state gives you everything. But all along that line, there are, there are versions of that extreme on either side until you get into the very middle where there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, one way or the other, and these are all voters. Somewhere in there are the majority of human beings. But you have to understand, when somebody wants to be tied up and gagged 
and is angry for not being told in the morning what to do for the rest of the day. And yet they work in jobs next to you, these people. There are people who must have pain to feel pleasure. I don't understand that, but those people exist, and they are next to you. And we are living in a world today in which all manner of constructions, of thought constructions, feeling constructions, are being reorganized through, through psyops, through people who want to destroy everything in order to rebuild it. But they've already told you. They wanted to, they want to cull the herd by about five billion people. And if you don't recognize it, you will suffer the consequences. To wake up and hear the news of what happened in Israel when you have known deep inside your gut that this day was going to come. When you looked at your borders in the United States with 10 million people, with perhaps estimated 100,000 Chinese military-aged men with strange tattoos that are associated with the CCP military. When you see people from Syria and Africa, when the FBI captures 150 known terrorists, but we know that millions have gone across the border in the United States, uh, and we don't know where they are, and we don't know who they are. They come in the middle of the night in the silent invasion with the help of Mayorkas and the great Barack Obama, his beloved leader. You will note um, the beloved leader who brought Kevin Jennings into the government and uh, who is the only time he's come forward to say anything recently is to defend gender queer, for which Kevin Jennings wrote the foreword. And, and he said it was an important book for him, gender queer. And well, Barack had a um, had a vice president, and he himself is gender queer. And it would have been nice had he told people about it. Uh, perhaps we could have avoided having the pictures of boys and girls rubbed off of bathroom uh, bathroom doors. Perhaps right now the catastrophe that's in California with the governor of California who thinks he has a shot at being president, who just signed a bill that basically permits the state to seize a child. It's all couched in typical legalese, but basically it's to allow the state, against the wishes of parents, to seize a child. You, uh, you have to go to Assembly Bill 665, just signed by Gavin Newsom. It allows 12-year-olds to consent to treatment 
And it says, if they are considered mature enough to participate and intelligently in, in outpatient services. Now, if you go back and look at the crisis that we're in right now, Chloe, uh, Chloe Cole, who's come forward and said she got basically nothing. No, no advice from doctors. The doctors in these clinics are making a fortune across the country and they were counseled. Oh, here. We're going to give you these puberty blockers, and it's fine. They can all be undone, and it cannot be undone. So Newsom knows what he's doing. He's destroying the lives of children because basically inside of him is a narcissist who sees everything as an object that he should control. I don't have a problem saying it because he is it. When he had his, when he was destroying people's lives and their, their, their businesses that they had had for years, restaurants by forcing people to wear masks and shutting down restaurants, shutting down churches, telling people they can't sing because of COVID. When he was at the uh, French laundry restaurant spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars taking his mask off and enjoying life because for him, that's what matters. He can do it, you can't. That's the whole joy of the sadomasochistic freestyle uh, Democratic Party progressive communist left. That's That's the center focus. Join us in the seedy world. Pretend to be an ordinary everyday American, but be something secret, something special. If you don't know who Mike Lindell is, uh, he's a reformed addict. And um, he owns a company called MyPillow, which has heretofore been very prosperous. A lot of people bought his products. But he was a supporter of Donald Trump, and he believed very strongly, and he rightfully so. He, he happens to be a mathematical whiz, um, that the election... In 2020 was stolen, that it was faked, that it was uh, hijacked. And he has put his entire fortune at stake, and he's practically lost it through what, what is called lawfare. The unending, um, dribbling, bleeding, leeching of somebody through the court system because it costs millions of dollars uh, to go through the court system when you are accused of crimes. Well, his pension, if you did not know, was it was to attack what he understood, numbers. And numbers were in voting machines, the electronic voting machines in the system of scanning ballots and coming to conclusions uh, in the machine and thereby deciding who wins and who loses an election. And because of certain algorithms and because of certain patterns that he noticed, he started to claim that Dominion and some of their subsidiaries were hackable and, and open, actually tied to the Internet, and fraudulent. They're, they're coming up with fraudulent election results. Uh, 
some people on Fox News who were considered conservatives were echoing some of these statements, and suddenly, out of nowhere, (laughs) Dominion and uh, the Dominion uh, subsidiaries began using lawfare, uh, questioning the legitimacy of these claims, and saying that it's defamation. Defamation that they were uh, tied to the internet, that they were hackable, that they were engaged in fraud. And they demanded that Fox News and Newsmax and others become silent, shut their mouths, or they would be sued. Uh, Well, Fox News was sued. And uh, they settled. Um, They settled for $787 million. I think the... I think the original suit was for $1.6 billion. And everyone said uh, this was, this, this, this came, the settlement came just before the, the actual court proceedings in front of a jury were to take place. Now, this was supposedly proof that Dominion had won. Everyone said it. And um, it's an extraordinary thing uh, that no one actually stopped and looked at the situation. Many journalists who, and you, you have to be, and I say this to the judge from Delaware who allowed this whole thing to go forward. I, don't, I, don't, I believe our court system is almost forever it it has it has been tarnished to the point where there is no faith in the system any any longer but um the this this judgment made no sense to many journalists who actually looked at the evidence that fox news had that in, indeed dominion machines were fraudulent and they engaged in fraud and here's what I mean. In the during the period after the election of 2020 and January 6th, the great January 6th <coughs> tragedy, as it is called, during that period of time, Dominion machines were tested and they had a modem inside of them and they were hackable and they could and did connect to the internet. Although the chief defense was that they were not. This was their chief defense. It's not possible that the machines were engaged in any kind of fraud because they're not connected to the internet. It was proven demonstrated live that they were. Later, the chieftains, the people who ran Dominion, admitted it. Once that admission became a fact, there was no case any longer. And we understand why the judges who pushed these things forward did so. For the same reason that They slapped Donald Trump around and are doing it now. They're no different. 
These people are no different. These judges from Washington, D.C. and New York City and Delaware. Guess who's in Delaware? Who's from Delaware? What sausage do you know is made in Delaware? But the here's the question. They didn't settle. Fox News did not settle because they thought they were going to lose. Who did the Murdochs hate more than any other human being on the planet? He, Rupert, his wife and his sons, were grinning ear to ear when Trump supposedly lost because they were participants in his loss. They knew what was going on. They hated Donald Trump. They said it. If they had gone to court and presented the evidence that they had, and had they won, what would Donald Trump have done? He, he would have been vindicated and forever telling the truth about the election. Murdoch could not possibly do that. This settlement was arrived at long. It was a show trial. This was almost identical to the show trial in the Congress of the United States, run by Benny Thompson, a communist, right? So, so Liz Cheney, Kinzinger, and uh, Benny Thompson, the communist, uh, they have nobody. They, they, that was supposedly the, the defenders of... Uh, uh, it was supposedly the defenders of Donald Trump, of course, right? They hated Donald Trump, too. And Nancy Pelosi would not allow Kevin McCarthy's choices, Jim Jordan, for instance, to be on the committee because this was a show trial. It was never intended ever, from their standpoint, ever to present the truth of what happened on January 6th. Just like the trial with Dominion and Fox News was never going to happen. It was all meant to be news every day, how they hate, how to hate Donald Trump, how to hate Donald Trump. Dominion's really got it. Dominion's forcing everybody. Everybody's caving to Dominion. Everybody's caving because they're all being threatened with billion dollar lawsuits and, and they're being driven into poverty the way that Mike Lindell is being driven into poverty. And they're trying to do it to Donald Trump. That it, it's it's called lawfare, and it's uh, we understand what it is. It's 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 right out of the Communist Party playbook in the United States. Show trials, of course, are, are old time Stalinist. And then what happened when people went to Benny Thompson later for some of the evidence that was used in the tr didn't exist? They got rid of it. They got rid of it. They got rid of the evidence that they supposedly had. Of course, they had no evidence. And what, what little, I mean, can you believe that they actually edited out Donald Trump's speech to the crowds? I mean, you would think they wouldn't do this because enough people had actually heard the original speech and they would know that this was, this was criminal. And, and, and many authorities in the judicial system said, this is, a criminal act, the fact that they edited out Donald Trump's exculpatory statement, go peacefully and patriotically, march peacefully and, and patriotically uh, to the White House. But they edited it 
out because they didn't want, I mean, they couldn't even allow the truth to exist for one moment. That's all you really need to know. And so Mike Lindell, he is, he's on the verge of bankruptcy because he can't pay his lawyers. His lawyers are willing to go forward, but they have to be paid. And now his company is down to a thin shell of what it once was. And uh, I don't know whether you saw that so, so many people in, in, in Great Britain and in Canada have had their bank accounts closed. They're debanking, it is called. And some of the great companies, quote unquote, who are as anti-American as hell in the United States are doing the same thing. These are creeps who are eventually going to get theirs one way or another because this is not a, a, a free system. They, are, they, they operate in a free system, but they are not promoting a free system. They are promoting a form of socialistic nonsense that will, in fact, destroy this country. But the truth will out every single day that goes by. More and more truth does will out. Do we have people in the country who care about the truth? That is the question. I think it's important to see people who support the kind of uh, barbarism and atrocities that we've seen. That's why it's good to be in a free country where there is no supposed, uh, supposedly, uh, there is no censorship. When we see demonstrations and we hear people supporting this kind of horrific behavior and believe, and being questioned on the street uh, and saying, yes, we support it. The important thing is that when the fight comes here, you will know what to do. It's hard to believe that these people exist. It's hard to believe that Harvard, for instance, would support Hamas. It's hard to believe that students across the country would support Hamas in this situation. It's always been difficult for me to believe over the years. I mean, I'm, I'm an old man now, so I've watched children in the Middle East being propagandized and Jews being called murderers. And they are doing, again, this is the old communist tactic. They are doing precisely of what they accuse Jews of doing to children. It's the same thing. Communists, totalitarians do. This is their technique. This is the technique. You accuse someone else of being a bad person, a monster, and you accuse them very specifically because that is precisely what you do, and you know it very well. You know it works. Olinsky said it in his book, and that's why Hillary and Barack Obama were big fans of Olinsky. 
but it does come back to haunt. Now, Rashida Tlaib had been asked to comment on the fact that there had been reports that babies had been decapitated. Can you, can you comment about the fact that Hamas and Palestinians were cutting off the heads of babies? Cutting off the heads of babies. I think the report was 40, 40 babies had their head. They were decapitated. So she just asked Tlaib to respond to that. Tlaib could have said it's horrible. But, of course, she's the first. Uh, I, I, I hate to inform you because she is a member of the squad. But she's the first WEF flesh-eating cow bred for this purpose, to support the beheading of babies and to have no comment. Thanks for listening. If you liked this and want more, check out heartsofoak.podbean.com or the website heartsofoak.org.